reported eight family members that they lost in that tragedy. And it was just beautiful, too, that we as a church could be there these um, six months later to be able to continue to make an impact and continue to bring long-term relief in a, in a house that was well done. And um, it was just a beautiful thing. At the end of our work, we traveled by bus again and, um, to Pollo Campero to celebrate with some food. And I was down on the end of one of the tables. I got to look back, and we had two tables set up. But what a beautiful collection of people that is Axis Church. Just different ages, different backgrounds, coming from different countries, and all together uh, communicating and, uh, and doing the best we can to follow after Jesus with all that we have. And, and so I had a few moments yesterday of myself um, just just watching, observing God at work. As we conclude this series, we've been talking about giving, and we've asked, and today's the final opportunity. Uh, if you would like to give, uh, we ask everybody would contribute $25 or 200 quetzales per person, and we're asking for 100% participation because we're giving 100% of it away. And we, we did a video this week. We had received, a, um, I forget the exact amount, but with online giving as well, which some of you have done, we had about $1,600, $1,700. And so, and, and I've had a few nominations this week from ministries that we can give that to. But whatever comes in, marked Be Rich. We have white envelopes. Hopefully you saw those that have Be Rich on them. You can also go online and just put be rich in the memo but whatever comes in we're going to give all of it away and we have and then we'll report back where that went but incredible for a congregation this size um, we had some outside giving but yesterday's three houses were nine thousand dollars and then now we have close to two thousand dollars or more uh, to give away in addition to that that's an incredible number and a great number of volunteers yesterday but giving serving uh, we got to do yesterday and last week we kind of we talked about serving just the motivation for that being the love that is behind that that we don't want to just go to be going we, we want to be passionate about what we're doing and, and giving out of love and so that brings us to our conclusion of this series today and just talking about love and I, I want to begin with just a question a question for you to ponder um, as we uh, share this message with you today. But how's your love life? How's your love life? I want you to consider that today. And while you maybe think about that for a moment or jot that down, uh, we have, I shared with our group, we have a small group that meets here on Tuesday nights. If you don't have a home group, and we'd welcome you to come. This next Tuesday, we're actually going to have. Uh, David leading worship with us, and we'll we'll have um, a uh, a worship night. In addition to what we do, is talk about application of what is shared on Sunday, and we eat a lot too. But it's a beautiful group, and I kind of went off the chart, off the chart, off the script a little bit this week, and we talked about uh, really an incredible thing about Access Church is that every Sunday since January. We have had new guests that have been here, people that have filled out, uh, filled out a card 
not all guests do that, but uh, we try to, we've upped the bar a little bit on those. You may see the mugs that we give out are now full of chocolates and candies and, and a wonderful gift. So if you're here today, and I would expect there is someone here for the first time, if you'll fill out one of these guest cards, you can turn it in at the, at the table or, or in the basket or, or give to me. But we want to give you one of those gifts. But the point being, and kind of what got me going Tuesday night, is that we have guests every week. And I would try to get folks to remember what it is like to walk into a church for the first time and be a guest somewhere. Something has, has allowed that to happen. You know, they have, they have maybe seen a Facebook ad or they have been invited by one of you or they just happen to have heard about us. They've, they've seen the hashtag, we are access, and they're wondering what that's all about. And so they come here. And it reminded me that I was, I was a first-time guest somewhere at one time, and it's been multiple places as God has led me in different areas across the United States and then in Guatemala. And I've been to a lot of churches, and you kind of come in and you sit down, and uh, I've, I occasionally find people here, and they're sitting by themselves. And so I'm finding that I can reach and touch and speak to maybe about 20 some people a week maybe and I, I want to try to encourage those that I get to speak to and, and, and love on them and find out about them because I, I want them to never walk out of here and say well that wasn't a friendly or loving place uh, let that not be what is said and so I asked our group Tuesday night how wonderful it is I know it's wonderful you we come in here together and we see each other and it's been a long week and we see each other and we want to greet each other. We want to love on each other. But, and we want to do that. But I ask them to please, if you would, help me. Because as we have grown, I need help. I need many of us. I need all of us that would call Access Church our home. That we have our eyes open for those who maybe are here for the very first time. Someone that you do not know. And that you would take the, that time and opportunity because we don't want Access to be a secret. But we want it to be a place where uh, you will experience community. You will experience people loving on you because they're loving God and they're loving others. And they, they want you to feel welcome. They want you to feel connected to God. But I need more than just me. I need more than a handful of people to do that. I need us to, part of our DNA as a church, that we are always open. There's always room at this table. There's always room for more. Not so we can be the biggest place, or it's not about that. It is about that we have found relationship with God here. And we get that we need to allow God to connect with other people. And he, and he gives us opportunity to be that connection point. That we actually get to be the physical, tangible love so often. And so I thought about this week, and as we talk about love, that I wanted to ask corporately... Many of you aren't there on Tuesday nights. You have another group, or, or maybe you're here and even new. I just want you to know, if you're new today, that the heartbeat of this church is that we are able to help you in your walk of, of, coming, of coming to know Christ and, and coming more, becoming more like Him. We want that to be our ability or our, our, our response to you. How is your love life? You see, love, the thing about love is it is an awakening, sobering agent. 
It wakes people up. It sobers them up. It allows them to come out of from whatever darkness or whatever was separating them from God, but it allows them to connect again. Love can bring you back to life, back to yourself, and love can restore. You just heard a beautiful testimony of a young lady who was in darkness, who was dead, who was separated, who was not connected to God, and even wrote it out. I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to do it apart from God. She's on a mission. And I would suggest, you know, listening to her, that she didn't really love herself. And so she chooses this dark path and dark walk and this determined, I'm going to walk away from God. I'm not going to let him be a part of my life. And that could be where maybe some of us are this morning. You sit here because you're curious, perhaps. But deep down in places you may not want to go public about, you may sit here this morning and, and, and you do feel separated from God. You do feel apart from God. You do feel in some way that you're not connected. And I would encourage you today that this is a place for you. This is a place where God shows up. This is a place where the Holy Spirit will work in your life and work around you and encourage you and call you into a relationship with Him. I'm grateful that I can say that He brings us back to life. When we talk about Jesus, we can talk about that Jesus lived and, and we can say that and that is a historical fact. There are many elements, you don't have to look just at Bible, that there are those that would back up that, yeah, Jesus lived. This, this guy lived and walked and, and taught and they may not agree that he is Savior, that he is Lord, but they would say that this person existed, this person walked. That's historical fact. But to tell you today that Jesus lives, and I would tell you that that Jesus lives today, that's a statement of my personal faith. That's a statement that that I woke up this morning and I, I began my day and began my conversation with Jesus, the living Lord. And that I've experienced his presence already even here this morning. And so I tell you that and besides fact and besides history, just to tell you that Jesus lives and he's brought me back to life. He has restored love within me. Without love, it's all for nothing. Without love, it doesn't even matter. We often hear this at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient and love is kind and and Paul lays out for us what, what love is and all that we could do. We could, do a, we could make a lot of noise and we could do a lot of things. We can know a lot of stuff. But if, we, if there's not love behind it, then it's going to show. And it's all for nothing. We're making a lot of noise and it wouldn't even matter. And so we speak about love today. I want us to fully grasp that we, we need to be the love of God. The love of God that we have discovered that has changed our life. And so we want to make that accessible to others. And so when I challenge you today to keep your eyes open to connect with other people, it is because that when you hear that, I want you to be able to see that, that I'm not just calling you to a task. I'm calling you to share what has been shared with you. 
that you have experienced love and you want to pass it on. He first loved us. We sing about that and we uh, spoke about that this morning. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We did not know him. We did not want to know him as the lady described. And yet he loved us. And yet he died for us. He loved us first. He loved us first. It took me a while to get that. How's your love life? How is your love life? I share this with you to set up. We're going to be in John chapter 12 this morning. John chapter 12 and John writing, giving us a story of Jesus being anointed at Bethany. But I want to give you some quick background, if you will, about how we get to this point and why this event is taking place. Because in the previous chapter, Lazarus, who Jesus loved, uh, became ill. And they sent word for Jesus. And Jesus didn't come. He didn't show up. And Lazarus died. And it was he was dead three days. He was very dead for three days before Jesus showed up. And Jesus showed up, though, and called Lazarus from the grave called him to life. And, I mean, there were witnesses to this. His disciples saw this. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, saw this. Others saw this. Jewish folks saw this. And yet, not everybody was happy about it. There were uh, leaders that decided that we need to get together. And so uh, they, they began to plot the Pharisees and the chief priests. They called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. And they decided that Jesus needed to die because many were coming to faith. They, and, and why not? You see a dead man dead three days and comes back to life, just spoken back to life, called out of the tomb. Who wouldn't believe? You have to have the folks' attention. And so uh, there are miraculous signs being performed. And so they decide we're going we're gonna to take Jesus. It's, it's close to Passover and we're going to be able to catch him. That's what sets up this event. And we'll look at chapter 12 of John and verse 1. Six days before the Passover... Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So he's returned to to life. He's back to hometown, and he's with family. And they've, verse 2, here's a dinner, here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. So a big event, you know, uh, as you might imagine, someone in your family, brought back to life after three days, uh, it's time to have a party. It's time to have a meal. And so they have a a dinner in Jesus' honor, 
and Martha, she served. And while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him, with Jesus. And so Lazarus is, I mean, he's back to life and he's hungry. And so he's at the table. And so can you imagine the stories told around this table? Uh, because not everybody had been dead three days and then brought back to the same table and back to with family and we're back to eating again. In verse 3, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. She's taking this expensive perfume. And there's no evidence of any permission or any conversation. She pours it on Jesus' feet and wipes with her hair. But she didn't bother to get a towel. But she just, it, it's an act of worship. She is cleaning his feet with this expensive perfume in her hair. And the fragrance uh, of this worship, of this perfume, begins to fill the room. And so everyone who is there is, is smelling this aroma. And it, it must be, it's so expensive. And so it must smell good. And, and so this is what's going on. It's, so folks are at the table and they're having conversation. And this Lazarus who has been raised, raised from the dead and, and Martha's serving and then Mary breaks into this expensive perfume. It, it just the atmosphere, if you, if you would uh, <clears throat> go with me here, of what is happening and what is going on here. But one of his disciples in verse 4, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. And so... John has the ability to look back. You know, this is much years later. He's able to look back, and he knows where this all went. And he identifies that Judas was the one, and he's going to betray Jesus. And, and he, he says this about the perfume. It was worth a year's wages. And Judas, his reaction, you know, all, again, all this going on, there's worship at the feet of Jesus, a cleaning of his feet with, with hair, fragrance of perfume and Judas just calls it out and says my goodness I mean this you, what a waste of money here this could have been used in some other way could have helped the poor two different reactions this same event and Jesus responds leave her alone in verse 7 Jesus replied it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial you will always have the poor among you but you will not always have me. What goes on in this situation? And how's your love life? How's your love life? Because here's what I see today, and I hope I hope I'm able to communicate this clearly, but I read this passage and I see two different people who have experienced the exact same thing. They both had seen Jesus call Lazarus out of the grave. 
a miracle. Death to life. They both had seen that. They both know how all the events of that happening. You look back over um, what the Gospels have recorded, um, and, and even just in John, you see the healings and the miracles that had taken place. They both had seen this, and they both react, though, in a totally different way. You see, you see Mary, she, she sees this, and, and I wonder how she kind of knows, because Jesus kind of calls back, you know, leave her alone, because, you know, she's saving this for my burial. And it kind of brings it to practical sense, you know, if you're a practical thinker, and you think, well, okay, if somebody's going to die, then you, we're going to need some money for something. Even today, we would choose, we have a, a bit of money, but someone dies in our family and our friends, and so we're, we need to buy a coffin. We need to do something to prepare for this funeral. And so we wouldn't, even though we had a, a bunch of money, we wouldn't give it all to the poor because we got to take care of this need. It's very practical. And so that it just, it's, it's a bit justified. But what I see here with Mary is, Mary is able to, um, she is, uh, a phrase that I use often is she is wrecked. She's wrecked. You know, she has this that is to be saved for the burial of Jesus, but she evaluates all that Jesus has done for her, and for some reason she's just overwhelmed. She's worshiping, and she's not using any words. She's worshiping, but there are only tears that are flowing. And she kind of knows the situation here. She, she knows, yeah, her brother's been raised from the dead, but maybe that's not all a good thing for Jesus because th- this inner circle, those that are surrounded, they probably know, you know, yeah, we kind of kind of hide around a little bit. We've got to be in the desert here because uh, this is not going going well for Jesus. There are those that want to kill him. And they're just because it's all good, but yet there are those that want to kill him. And so she... Maybe she has some sense. Maybe she knows. She just get, gets an idea that I'm going to take what is so valuable here. And she is a disciple of Jesus. She, she, she has this, this perfume, and it's so costly. And she has access to it. It's not just sitting on the shelf, and she pulled it off. But she's apparently, it's in her care. And, and this would be her plan B. If she's thinking to herself, well, if this doesn't work out with Jesus... Then, uh, and I'm not married, and I've, I've got I have some kind of dowry. Well, I've got this that's of great value, and yet she throws Plan B out the window. We're going to go ahead, and we're going to anoint the feet of Jesus, and we're going to give him his due. We're going to give him our very best worship, and that's where she's at. She's seen what's going on. She analyzes what's going on in the natural, and yet. She's somehow able to treasure what's going on in this season of her life. And she worships. I think back over my time as a follower of Jesus, and I, there's been those seasons in my life where I, 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 don't, I can relate to Mary because I just don't want this season of the presence of God to go away. I don't want this to change. I love the people that God has surrounded me with. I love the people that I'm getting to do life and community with. And it's so encouraging to me. I've seen the dead come to life. I've seen the spiritually dead, their lives changed. 
because Jesus comes on the scene and calls us to repentance. And that's the active work of God. And I've been in those seasons, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, I don't want this to end because you, you might call me to move somewhere else. You might move the pieces. Someone might be called to move somewhere else. I've been in Guatemala now 12 years. I've literally seen hundreds of friends that I've had conversation and meals with that have been moved on to other countries and back home and to different ministry assignments. And so people that I prayed with, people that encouraged me, people that uh, it was just made for a special season, and it, and it changed. I see that with this church right now. I, I feel like this is a special season and a special time. And so I want to share that with other people. And at the same time, I'm praying, and, and Lord, I just want to experience this. I, I love the worship today. And I want to give you the very best that I can. Because many times I do feel wrecked. I feel like God is, what he's done for me, what he has done to bring me to this point in my life is incredible. You have redeemed that which was broken, me. You have spoken life into me. You have seen potential in me when I didn't see it in myself. You've seen potential in me when even others uh, 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 others in authority would say uh, he's not going to amount to much he's not going to do much and he'll never do anything and yet God's speaking to my life and say you know I've got a plan here you'll just put one foot in front of the other and begin to follow me that things will be different down the road and I think about where I've come from and I just can't help but lift up praise and lift up worship you see what Mary did here, it was a condition of her heart. When I, if I were to ask her, how, how, <clears throat> how's your love life, Mary? And she think that, and she's down on her knees. She said, this is all I've got. I'm giving everything that I have. And I'm lifting up the very best praise that I have. What she did was unusual. It had to be people around the table just looking and thinking, what in the world is wrong with this lady? Can you remember, follower of Christ, the first time maybe that you began to lift a hand in praise? I can, I, and I, I, I want to remember that. Because I'm doing that, and, and the thing I'm thinking of really honestly was my pride. I mean, I wanted to lift up a hand, I wanted to lift up both hands. But it was my pride. I, I, I thought, I don't know who's looking around, I don't know what they think of me, or man, I don't feel worthy, but I, I know one who is worthy. And so I want to lift up my hands. And I want to lift up praise. How's my love life? See, I've been there. Then we see the other side of this. We see Judas. And we were to ask him, Judas, how is your love life? And something began to go astray somewhere along the way for Judas. It looks like in, in John's writing that he had a problem with money. He was a lover of money. It wasn't that the money was bad, but he was really, he loved it. He was greedy about it. It was a temptation point. It, it was leading him astray, but that probably wasn't all that was wrong. I'm thinking about a guy, he has walked with Jesus. He has seen the miraculous. He has seen this man that he's sharing a table with for food. He was dead three days, and now he's at the table with you. He's seen the miraculous. One of you shared with me yesterday, and it reminded me as well. 
describing a physical healing. And, and how incredible that event was to see a, a, a physical lump just begin to go away. I've seen issues of blood just stop. I mean, nothing crazy, folks, and not all the time, but just that God's able to do that, able to do miraculous stuff. And so, and the description was from this brother that I, I saw that happen, and I wanted to, I thought, I'll never forget that. That will, that will be an anchor point for me, for my faith, and I, it, I'll never, you know, forget that. It'll change the way that I, that I live this Christian walk, and yet, in honesty, was that, you know what? It wasn't enough. In spite of that, I, I just wasn't, um, I did foolish things. In spite of that miracle, I, I didn't remember. And, and, and I could see that in this case with Judas. He, he, just, he had seen the most incredible miracle of all, and yet he just, he just able to, you know, walk away from that and not be impacted and not change the way that he lives. And we were to ask him, how is your love life? And he probably would get off on a tangent about how much money we're spending. You know, money that could be better spent some other way. Or maybe that he could tap into a little bit. How's your love life? It's a subtle thing, folks, that begins as we, we live this life and we walk through life and we, and we, and we are tempted and I see folks sometimes, and they share with me even sometimes, that life just is no longer a joy. And maybe at one point, if that's you today, you remember, you can remember and you can relate to the situation with Mary. When nothing mattered but Jesus. And you had, everything you had was His. Whatever He asked you to give was His. It was just an act of worship. My life is nothing without Jesus. He is the only joy that I have. He is the only energy that I have. He is my purpose for living. And so I follow Jesus with all that I have. And yet you would sit here today and in all honesty, you would think, man, I've seen God do incredible things. I've seen him change my life. I've seen him change the lives of my children. I've seen him change the lives of my family members and neighbors and coworkers. I've seen God active I've seen the miraculous, and yet, maybe you would sit here today and you would think, well, if I'm being really honest, and I, I, I can kind of process a little bit like Judas. Because the practical things have gotten you distracted, or it's been a while since you've seen something, God move in something, and you've You've gotten discouraged a little bit. You've gotten angry a little bit. You've gotten um, just frustrated a little bit. My suggestion to you today that it, if you're not finding joy in your walk with Jesus today, then maybe you're not doing it right. Because it could just become this religious walk. And it becomes a practical matter. And it becomes a, you can see this conversation, you can see the choices that are being made between Mary and, and Judas, and you know that if I, if I were to ask you and you were to be honest, how is your love life? And you would, they, I, it's not going that well. 
I've lost that joy. I've lost that energy. I've lost that, that worship for Jesus. And I've gotten distracted. And, and life and ministry just become like a business. And it's all about the numbers. And I've just kind of lost my way. Here's a question in closing. Is what you're doing right now, right now, moving you towards Jesus or moving you away from Jesus? What you're doing right now, the activities, the plans, the thoughts, the conversations, the activities, your life, is what you're doing right now moving you towards Jesus or moving you away from Jesus? Judas didn't all of a sudden snap. He just he experienced the same thing as Mary. He experienced the same thing as other disciples, and yet he drifted. We talk about love today. I just want to see you get back to the if that's you, and you were to feel like you know I'm, what I'm doing is taking me away from Jesus. That I would I'm just calling you back today. I want you as we would close in prayer and close in song today. To be reminded of a God who loves you. A God who loved you first. A God who who loves the unlovable. I I think back over my own story, my own testimony, that God first loved me. And I, I became convinced of that. But I'm not sure that I love myself. I wasn't sure that I loved myself. And you're here today, and as we sing, I just want you to be reminded and Holy Spirit confirm and affirm in your heart right now that not only does God love you, but you He has hope and He has a plan for you and remind you that you, you, it's okay. There is nothing you have done that is so bad or so great that He can't change, that He can't help you to become more like Christ. If you've not had the joy, that He can restore the joy. If you've not had the attitude of worship, that He can restore that today. And if this is all new to you today, and you've walked into this environment, and you're wondering, what in the world is this? I hope you'd come and pray with me a moment. I'm just going to be off on the side. And if you'd like to pray today, you don't know God, you'd... This sounds interesting to be connected to God. I'd love to pray with you and help you discover how to be connected with God. Still others could be here today and you've been walking with God a long time. But something, something that the Holy Spirit has done today has worked in your heart and you know that you need to pray with someone. Um, come and do that. Come and do that as we sing this song together.